Hey y'all, it's your girl Cheryl and I am just popping in really quick with a bonus episode for you all. But before I tell you what the bonus episode is all about, I just want to remind you that season three drops March 16th. And for the theme for season three is let's get this healing. So not only are we talking about the things that shape, make, and sometimes break the strong black woman, but we are also talking about how to, we are also, (laughs) let me start that part over. Not only are we talking about the things that shape, make, and sometimes break the strong black woman, but we are also talking about how to understand, process, and move past the things that we as black women are often ashamed to talk about. Some of the topics for this season include what's hiding behind that big, beautiful smile, the secret behind black families and secrets, and your daddy issues are showing. That is just the tip of the iceberg of some of the things we're going to talk about this season. So I definitely hope that you will tune in. And if you have a story or some insight that you would like to share that relate to to the theme, let's get this healing, please, by all means, go to the website, fill out a guest application, and let's get you in the virtual studio too. Now, like I said before, I am releasing a bonus episode today. And this episode is one that I recorded with my good friend, Randy B over there at Conversations for Randy B, the podcast. Randy B is, well, her podcast is all, is about all things black. Like she covers it all. And so I was on her podcast about a month ago, I believe back in January, I think. And we talked about raising a black son in white America. So I am sharing that episode with you guys today, just in case you missed it when I posted on my social media page. So check it out and be sure to follow Randy B on all social media platforms. She's Randy B on Facebook. Her podcast is Conversations with Randy B. So she's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I know for sure. So definitely check her out. Listen to her episodes. Go to her Facebook page, Randy B, because that's where all the real conversations go down. I mean, it gets real over there. So yeah, check her out and enjoy this episode. All right, I'm out. Oh, and that's Randy with an I, R-A-N-D-I. B as in boy. So check her out on Facebook. You will not regret it. All right. I'm out for real this time. All right, Cheryl. Thank girl. Thank you so much for hollering at your girl, spending some time talking with me, Randy B. You know, I like to have hey, a conversation. <laughs> I know, girl. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Yes. Yes. I figure I run my mouth so much. I might as well record it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, when, when you're talking, at least you're talking about something that's worth talking about. So, hey, there sometimes, you go. Sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, me and you've been talking about, like, you know, both of us are kind of doing the same thing where we're trying to strengthen the Black community and, mm-hmm. you know, by writing, by doing podcasts um, and things like that. And part of that, something you shared with me was talking about, you know, what it's like to raise a black man today in America. And I think I shared with you before, I definitely want to share with the listeners that one of the main reasons I started Randy B was because I was, this is when Trayvon Martin had gotten killed and it just Mm -hmm. seemed as if every day we were hearing about some 
horrible case and also seeing the videos. And my friends weren't talking about it. And my friends are like, you know, woke and legit. And I was like, what's going on? Why? And Why? I realized that, you know, because of Facebook, people are friends with, you know, people their kids go to school with, like the parents, they're friends with the coach at the school, with coworkers. And Black people have been so trained um, to think that if we talk about our issues, if we say Black Lives Matter, we somehow mm -hmm. are, you know, militants. You know, we're just not normal people loving mm -hmm. our families and being concerned about what's happening in the world. So I think it's silenced people. So I think it's important that we have this conversation about what it's like raising a Black male today. Well, you know what, Randy? Mm -hmm. I think I used to be one of those people, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> who didn't want yeah. to rock the boat. And honestly, mm -hmm. it wasn't until the whole Trayvon Martin incident that I realized that raising my son was different from what the dominant culture's experience is. Mm -hmm. It's like I had been walking around with blinders on all that time. But when the Trayvon Martin incident happened, I found myself, I think my son may have been 16, 17 at, at that time. Mm -hmm. But I found myself, like every time he would leave the house, I would always tell him, don't do anything to draw attention to yourself. Don't have your music mm. playing too loud. You know, if you're in the car with somebody and their windows are tinted, make sure you roll your windows down. You know, just all of that stuff. And so I think for years, and I mean, I didn't, I, I wasn't raised in a predominantly white community, mm -hmm. but I guess I just never really thought about it until that incident happened. And it made me realize that my son's experience is totally different mm -hmm. from that of somebody who's not the same color as he is. And I can remember working at a nonprofit organization, which was a predominantly white organization. I think I was the only black female there aside from the CEO. I had one black male that was there also. But at the time that that happened, I can remember talking to a young lady who was white and she didn't understand why the black community was up in a roar about it because, you know, she felt like Trayvon had done something wrong. And, you know, we can't, they usually don't get it. But mm -hmm. anyway, <laughs> when I explained to her that she doesn't have to have that same conversation with her son, when her son leaves the house, she doesn't have to tell him, oh, don't do anything to draw attention to yourself. Don't wear your hair this way. Don't wear these type pants. Don't wear those type of shoes. I explained to her, you don't have to teach your son that I have to have that conversation with my son. And it was like a light bulb went off in her head at that time. Like, you know what? I don't have to say that to my son. So I think for, for me, well, my, I, I'm, I'm a single mom. And so mm -hmm. my experience is a little different as well, because I don't have a man in the house because I, at that time, I didn't know I needed to be having this conversation with my son because there was no man in the house to say who, who undoubtedly probably had, had experienced some of that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that I needed to be teaching my son these things. It took tragedy to strike in our community and our culture for me to take the blinders off. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, one, I was one of those people too. I did not want to rock the boat. I did not mm -hmm. want 
the people with whom I went to work every day and my kids mm-hmm. went to school every day to say, oh gosh, she's radical. What's wrong with her? Right. And of course, you know, we feel more safe when we um, believe in a fairy tale, right? Who wants right. to live a life where we believe that our kids could be hurt any day or that we could be hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And so I definitely walked around like that. Of course, I did have the conversation of, you know, if someone stops you to always, you know, mm-hmm. yes, sir, no, sir, listen to what they say, you know, and I'm from the South. And so that's kind of like everyone's standard. But then you started seeing that that didn't matter. It didn't matter. You think, oh, I can move my kids to a certain neighborhood or put them in a certain right. school, right? Or dress them a certain way, right? And, and uh-huh. they're fine. And yeah. you know, my kids, my kids wear, uh, you know, hoodies every single day. I mean, every day like we live in California. And so mm-hmm. even if it's warm during the day, you know, that morning it's cool. So they go to school every day and used to walk to school with a hoodie on. And so all I saw was my child when I saw Trayvon, that's all I saw. Right, right. And, um, and, you know, letting my kids walk around and go to the store, that was a rite of passage, right? You get to get a little bit of freedom even before you can drive. And so it, it like, just like you, that's what kind of spurred me into action because I can't let what people think about me be more important than the health and wealth, you know, the health of my children. Right. Exactly. That's, that's where you stop caring about whatever they think. And, you know, I'm sure now a lot of people think, oh gosh, she's just so radical, but no, I want black children. uh, Black lives do matter. Like like, that's a very simple statement, but I don't think people get People don't get it. And they don't still don't. It. Even with all the all the things that continue to happen, they still don't get it. And I, I would say for me personally, mm-hmm. I'm tired of explaining it to the white people. <laughs> right. I, mean, I just like I don't have time to educate you on these things. I don't have time to educate you on why racism does still exist. Well, let me tell you something. If if a, if at this point in time, with all that has been videotaped, discussed, mm-hmm. highlighted. I feel that if you don't get it by now, you don't You're want not to get it. get it. You don't no, exactly. you, you've chosen not to. You you are in what you I call cho- you made you a conscious choice. It's it's exactly. convenient, it's convenient ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to know. And so Absolutely. there's nothing I can do to change that. But what can we do within the community where one, we are more aware, but two where even if someone doesn't see it, they still change it because it's more painful for them not to. And I think it's time for us, like for so long, we have been silent. It's time to unsilence the silent. Like it's time to, to, to have these hard conversations. Like even, you know, and I know that you post a lot of stuff on Facebook that gets, you know, can be extremely controversial. Yes. But it is time for us to have these conversations, even on social media. Like we have this huge platform. Don't ever say that I don't have a platform because you have your voice is your platform. And you can use that every time you go out there. We out here posting these selfies about how fabulous we look and posting the foods that we're eating. That is an opportunity for you to speak life into your community. But we're so scared, though. And And let me say this. Even today, right now my um page is suspended and what that means no oh yeah i mean you can see it if you go to the page you can see it but it means that they're not allowing stories to show up automatically in people's feeds unless i pay for them to do that i get it it happens to me every other week 
And the funny thing, what is, I knew it was going to happen. I actually wrote it in the comments because I wrote a, a piece called uh, the rewrite, the rewriting of history and mm -hmm. how, you know, when, because white people don't want to admit the travesty of slavery and they yeah. want to say ridiculous things like, oh, you guys weren't the only ones. I mean, all these things. And so I had several white people coming onto my page because, you know, people will share my articles and they were saying these things and I was not being, I was not, I did not curse. I was not offensive. I was giving them history. Mm -hmm. You know, I was putting the his, giving them history. So when people say, oh, but what about the actual black people who participated in slavery? I'm like, black people participated in slavery, well, Africans, because when the Europeans came over to African countries, oftentimes they would put one tribe against another tribe and say, mm -hmm. if, you don't, mm -hmm. if you don't help us catch this tribe and enslave them, then we will do that to you. We will enslave and murder and hurt you. So it was a life or death situation. It wasn't as if they had traveled outside of the country. As like like the seriously. Did. It was life or death. And it so was life or but death. they try to use those, you know, those tribe leaders that participated in order to save them lives, which they were enslaved themselves, right? Mm -hmm. to say that we were participatory in the whole uh, slave trade. And so I explained that it's not the same thing. And so just me giving knowledge, you know, that people just don't like that, you know, and I said, and what makes me sad about it is if I showed a picture of some black people fighting in the streets, you know, Ooh, if girl. I showed a picture of people fighting over a chicken sandwich and Popeye's, I mean, that would go viral. If I showed a picture of some sisters twerking, that would mm -hmm. go viral and Facebook would never, ever, ever, you know. Oh, they'd be showing all. that to, girl, oh. they would be showing that to everybody. Oh, yeah, I'd be, a, yeah, I'd be folk, I'd be. Featured. It would be in everybody's news feed. Absolutely. But because I don't show any of that, I don't, I talk about real conversations and try to make people be aware and awake of what's mm -hmm. happening. They don't want they they don't want you to be awake. They don't want you to be aware. They want you just to blindly look at Real Housewives of Atlanta and follow that. Um, not that there's anything wrong with watching that because I watch it very very rarely, but sometimes too. Oh yes, I, I yeah. love me some bad TV, yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's two sides of it, right? There's two sides. Absolutely. So it's just funny to me. So when you talk about the silencing we we silence ourselves because we knew we know that there are going to be repercussions and the sad part is mm -hmm. that there are repercussions but i am willing to be brave for my folks and my kids right and, and not parents, not even that but but to honor our ancestors because absolutely. let's just let's just be 100 100% real that slavery was a game of survival absolutely in the story and so even though there were some people who who may have participated in in slavery as you as you've explained it, but it was a game of survival. Right. It's do or die. Mm -hmm. So can we just admit that? But no, they won't. That's, that's they won't. And I exactly. and I think you know if people would just admit things like and just say I'm sorry, like how the Holocaust mm -hmm. was handled. I'm sorry, and acknowledgement and an apology is so powerful. Mm -hmm. It's so healing. But because in America, it there's such you know a hesitation to do that that it doesn't happen. So, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, raising our boys, well, these are children generally. One of the things I know I try to do with my son, they are um, aware of the history of their people mm -hmm. because I think that Absolutely. it can strengthen them. Um, I told my boys when I got back from Ghana, I said, um, you guys are superhuman. 
and they were laughing. I said, no, understand that when Africans were enslaved, they chose the prime, the best, the strongest, right? That, that could go and mm-hmm. help them build the country. And I said, and then most of those people died, right? And the ones who even survived being in the dungeons, they were just mighty because they were living in dungeons with barely any water, um, eating one food, food uh, one meal a day, um, surrounded in their feces and other people that are dying. And somehow they lived, right? Then they had to survive the, the middle passage and being on the boat. I said, so mm-hmm. the genetic pool of the Africans out of, you know, the two million, that, I mean, the ones that survived, they are, they are like, it's like Terminator. I mean, really, like you're you're genetically so incredible because of. I mean, they actually bred these superhumans. Humans, I'm sure that's that wasn't their design. Um, their their intent in, at that time it wasn't their intent, unless they were enslaving us and using us. But they created these incredible people. So I want my children to know what they come from and also what they went through, and that they can survive anything. And I think that's that is so important because a lot of times, like for me, like I said, I'm I'm a single parent. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of time I, I did like you you don't know what you don't know. Right. <laughs> so it's so important to teach our young boys, even because I often question, you know, question if a black single mom can effectively raise a black man like in white America, like, can she really teach him how to be a man? Do, do we have the capacity to teach him that? What do you think about that? That's a deep question. Um, I do believe so. I believe that, um, particularly if we bring in, I mean, if people are surrounded by others and you ensure Mm -hmm. that the, you know, he is, he is introduced to other black males, um, I even without that, I mean, I have to believe that because so many of our young boys are being raised right. um, by um, sisters that I would like to think that, yes, I think the answer has to, yes, yes. I mean, and I think there's a lot of men who will chime in on this and say that they were raised by single moms and, you know, and they are, you know, doing very well. Do I believe that, um, there are things that a man can provide to a boy that a woman can't. That a woman can't. Absolutely. And do I think there are things that a woman provides for a man that a man can't? Absolutely. But I do believe in that whole thing where they say it takes a village. Like, mm-hmm. I do believe that reaching out to others, even, even um, you know, I raised my kids with my husband, but I had so many other people around us because we certainly couldn't supply everything that was needed for them to become the men that I want them to be, right? Because, you know, we all mm-hmm. had different experiences. So I just think, you know, ensuring that they have a very rich approach. But do I think that we women, like, I know I'm very, um, I baby my boys more than Aaron does, right? I, mm-hmm. um and not as, and I think that they, you know, boys sometimes kind of need that, you know, boy, get up and run. You okay. You know, you know, they fall, you know, or, or there were certain things as kids, I didn't want them to do. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, they didn't right. hurt. And you know, like, right. oh, they'll, they'll be fine. I think they push them, you know, in that way. Um, See, I was just the opposite. Were you? I was like, I didn't, I only have one son. Mm-hmm. But I was just the opposite. Like, I didn't baby him. And I didn't 
because for a little while he he and I he and mm-hmm. his dad and I were still together. Mm-hmm. And so his dad was more like, you know, don't let him cry. And so I kind of bought into that. Yeah. And so like being like it was a daunting task for me, like trying to raise a, a, a black son into a man. And so my ultimate goal was to make a man out of him. Like I did not want him to be the man that his dad was. I was trying to make him better. And so there was no loving on him and hugging on him and you know, all of that. Like I, I wanted him to be hard. Now in hindsight, mm-hmm. I realized, you know, I probably should have taken a different route. But again, like I say, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. You know, it's so funny. You, you know, that. and so I was just like, you know, you know, just trying to, you know, trying to save him from the world. Like you got to be hard. You can't be crying. Don't be no punk. You know, all that stuff. And so I messed up. Girl, you, in, you're touching in my regard. heart. You're touching my heart right now. Cause you know, I, I was soft with my kids early on, but I will say to mm-hmm. this day, to this day, I am hard on my kids from exactly what you say. And I, mm-hmm. I will say my biggest sadness is that I don't think black women have the luxury to raise our kids as softly as white women yes, have. That and is it. Really. We don't. And I think that we don't get me wrong. I think we we go overboard. I think we're scared. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what I try to tell people is, is that raising raising a, a black child is like when every parent, you know, you lose your kid like for one minute in the mall or something like that. And I think a white woman can, when they find their child, they may react with relief and we react with anger because we're like, yes. oh my God, you don't understand. You could have somewhat, you know, because I always think that yes. I, I tell my kids, I always feel as if I'm fighting for your life. Right. And so like. The example, one time my boys and I went to Macy's and my son, mm-hmm. sure enough, had on a hoodie when we, you know, we were in the store and it got warm, you know, he just got hot. And so he took off his, his jacket, but he would go in sometimes and get his, his jacket out of the bag because we had a couple bags and I snatched mm-hmm. him up. And I remember saying, you cannot as a black boy, and he was probably 10, 12, be taking stuff in and out of the in and out of your bag they're going to assume that you stole it stop it stop it right and I had and I said that to him I mean and to this day I mean my son came home from college right and I'm like don't make sure you take your your hood off while you're driving so they Mm -hmm. make sure you follow the direction don't I mean me telling them to not speed is not as much about them getting killed for speeding as it is about them getting stopped by the police and that's the god and, and getting killed by the police absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. it scares yes. me so you're right time. like it's it's it is literally us fighting for their lives yep. so that some horrible thing will not happen to them like seriously i had no idea what my role was to my mm-hmm. son as a mom all i knew was i needed to save his life yep and that is that like i ate slept all day long save his life that's that was my ultimate Gosh, goal that's in me that's sad that, though it is so sad because in doing mm-hmm, that randy mm-hmm. everything that i was trying to save him from mm-hmm. he ran right smack into yeah yeah right smack into and he ended up spending his 18th birthday behind bars mm. I was trying to save him from the world. I was trying to save him from the environment that I was raising him mm-hmm, in at that time. Mm-hmm. 
And so it, I was just so hard on him. And it's like you said, as I think as, as black moms, we don't have the luxury mm-hmm. of being soft because we see what the world can do to you and what your environment can do to you. If so, we're so busy trying to save their lives and we're so busy trying to keep them from becoming this, that we don't honor who they are already. And you, God, you're just so right. I mean, you're just, woo, girl, you just make it hit my heart. Cause when you are trying to survive, do mm-hmm. you really think about, I mean, cause that, that is your love. Like love becomes mm-hmm. the survival instinct. That's your love. You're not, exactly. love is not reading them a bedtime story necessarily. Love is not kissing them on the way out the door. Love is not, you know, knowing what their favorite cereal is or sitting down and watching TV with them. And as they watch their favorite show, love is like doing everything in your power so they survive. So that means you might be working a crap load of hours. So you're so tired when you get home, you don't want to, you know, you're too tired to read a book. And, and you're just trying to make sure that they're, when they're not with you, that they're surviving. And it does, you know, it, it changes everything. And I don't think people see that. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, girl. Absolutely. You are, right. Girl. You are. Ooh, I'm telling wow. you, girl, because it's, it's just like, girl, like I was trying so hard to say that boy like I was. And I was trying so hard to make a man out of him that in my zest to make a man out of mm-hmm. him, I overlooked the fact that he was already a man. He was a man when he was conceived in my womb. He just needed to be properly groomed. Right. So that he could the man that he was born to be but I was so busy trying to save him that there was no room left to properly grow. and I think that that's so many people's stories and mm-hmm. the, you know I tell my kids I said you know God doesn't come down and say oh here here let me make you a mother I said the same person I was became a mother right my mm-hmm. flaws and everything Absolutely. my flaws who I was before uh, my weaknesses and my strengths were all there and I had you. And I said, and unfortunately, you learn on the job. Like you learn on the job with this parenting thing. You absolutely. It, that's all it is. Like, honestly, that's what it is. It's on the job training. It, it is on the job handle. training. So you do the best it's you on can. on the job training. You do the best you can, though. So With the what, information what and you, the resources that you have. That you have. And being panicked, though. And Living what I mm-hmm. what I don't think people I don't think um, the majority uh, population gets is that being black means living at a state of heightened awareness all the time. Yes, all the time. All the time. All so the, the time. level of stress is and and that is that is corporate. That is blue collar. That is educated, uneducated. Mm-hmm. That is living mm-hmm. in, a, in the suburbs or living in the city. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. go away. It, it it may change what it looks like. But you're still concerned about survival and what could happen. Survival. And what could happen. You're absolutely right. What could happen? What could happen? What could happen Even if that I brother, get pulled over? That brother at the at a job making, you know, six and seven figures is worth about. If some come up missing. Yep. It's going to be him. If someone's going to get fired, mm-hmm. it's going to be him. That, it's going to be him. y'all know there's only ever one. There's only that one brother. Right? Just a token. You already know. There's always one. And so they're worried all alike. So what I mean, what do we do? Like, so what what would be if you if you could give advice to a young mother out there raising a son today, what would you what would be your advice? To first of all, love him where he is. 
And like from like, don't be afraid to love on him because they need that just as much, if not more, as they need the the grooming. They need it. They and, and I only, think they need it more than anybody else. I think a black man than anybody needs else. more love. He than needs anybody to be else. loved on. Absolutely, absolutely. And I didn't give my son that. Mm -hmm. And so, have you have so, you talked about it to him now? Have you apologized to him? Oh, girl, have I over and over. <laughs> no, that's a beautiful over thing, though. How many of us? Again. How many of us have haven't received those apologies? Because I had to, because as I've grown as, as a mother now, and he's, you know, he's an adult man now. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, I I realized, you know, the things that I should have done differently. So yeah, I have gone to him and said, hey, when I did this, that was wrong. I should not have disciplined you that way. When I said that, I shouldn't have said that. Please forgive me. And what does he say? This is how they, that sent it. He looks at me, he cries, and he hugs me. This, this is how that situation should have been handled. So if there's a parent out there, first and foremost, love on your son. Mm -hmm. Love on him because he needs to. And you know what I've noticed with my son, even as an adult, is that he lives for my approval. Yes. He just wants me to be proud of him. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants. And so we need, as black mothers, we need to get into the habit of, of telling our sons and our children in general, but especially our sons, I love you. I'm proud of you. Even when, you know, even in their shortcoming, mm -hmm. I love you. I'm proud of you. And don't get into the habit of always focusing on everything that he should be doing. Just Honor what he is doing. Girl. Guide him. You comfort him. Yeah. Show him your softness. Show him that. And allow him, See, and I was allow him to be to soft. Show, I was afraid to show my show my children that. You know what? Because you know I didn't even it's a, like you said, it's a survival game. To be very honest with you. I'm just now discovering my softness. I mean, I'm becoming softer with And age. there it is. Uh, and I think that's even why yes. you see the sweet grand black grandmamas. Because mm -hmm. I think black people, when you're in that survival mode and trying to make some things happen, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents, trying to keep people out of the out of um, the cemetery, you're hard and you're in that survival mode. But when you get older, mm -hmm. you're allowed to just like, you know, shed some of that. And so, yeah, um, mm -hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't raised to be soft. I was raised to just keep on keeping on. So it's not just a black male thing. I think it's a black thing. And we're learning how to deal with our emotions and be soft with one another. Absolutely. And just for, just for, like, I, like for me, I had to finally come into the realization for my son, as it relates to my son, is that my role as his mother is to help him develop his skills and discover his strength. My role is not to be his dad because I, I, I'm not equipped for that. Mm -hmm. My role is not even how to teach him how to be a man is to teach him how to be human mm. and all of that all the other things come up under that if i can help him develop his skills and discover his strength being a man will come naturally for him i believe wow yeah we we gonna end it right there because that's 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 it although we need to talk about this again <laughs> girl i gotta go have me i gotta go have me a drink honey because that ooh. <laughs> That's it. You have you have touched you have touched my heart and a lot of people's hearts. And I think that I think hopefully that somebody will just really listen Absolutely, to what we're saying. Yeah. Thank you so much, my sister. Thank 
Thank you for having me, darling. <laughs> we will talk again soon. All right, girl. Have, have a, a good, good night. night. Bye-bye. Yeah.